Welcome to the Women Living Well After 50 podcast. I'm Sulon Carrick and I'm passionate about inspiring, motivating, supporting and informing women over 50 to embrace this exciting time of life. Health and wellness in mind, body and spirit are the foundations for living well, but there is so much more to a life well lived. Each week through conversations with my guests, I'll be presenting topics that will help us all to live well and enjoy life. So join me as we discover new ways to become women living well after 50. Are you ready to start living? What are you waiting for? Let's get started. Welcome everyone to episode three of Conversations with Women Living Well After 50. Our health can sometimes prevent us from achieving our goals and living our best life, but it doesn't always have to be this way as today's guest has proven. I'm delighted to welcome my guest, Christina Henry from Midlife Stylist to discuss today's topic, staying positive despite the setbacks. Christina is a registered nurse who lives on the Gold Coast in Australia. She has a passion for health promotion and writing and her website, midlifestylist.com, combines both passions and aims to inspire other midlifers to live the healthiest version of themselves. Having overcome several health issues herself, she is able to use her knowledge of these issues and to address the issues that people may need to overcome to achieve their goals. Christina is married to her second husband, has two adult sons and a house full of pets. And she also enjoys cooking, traveling and gardening. So welcome Christina and it's lovely to have you join me today. Thank you, Sue. Um, it's lovely to be here. <laughs> lovely to finally meet you as well. Yeah, exactly. Okay, now I've got a few questions for you. So I'll start yeah. off. Um, in your bio, you mentioned that you have had several health issues. And I wanted to know how these have affected the way you approach health and wellness, especially as a woman over 50. Yeah, just um, I've, I have BRCA2, which is a genetic condition which gives me a much higher risk of cancer, particularly um, breast cancer and um, ovarian cancer. Mm. So I also have a heart condition. I have like a couple of holes in my heart. And so that means that I can't exercise um, to, you know, a great extent. I can basically just walk um, and I have chronic back pain. So those three things, most people would just hand in the towel and say, no, nah, I can't, I can't, you know, it's an excuse to sort of not exercise or, you know, to not look after themselves. But I take a very proactive um, approach to health and I'd rather avoid health issues rather than have to deal with them later. Mm, so, um, and I don't think anything should hold you back. Like I can't run, but I can walk and I can go up like flights of stairs. So that's basically what I use for my exercise. Wow. So you've certainly got a lot to deal with, that's for sure. Um, and so that leads me to talk about um, in life, 
we all have our setbacks, some more than others. And you've, yeah. you know, as a, you've certainly experienced more than many, many of us, I think, that listening today. Um, so I just wanted to get an idea of what strategies you use when, you know, you're feeling a bit down, you, you're feeling that you've had another setback and it's, you know, everything seems a bit overwhelming. How do you actually overcome that feeling of thinking, oh, this is all too hard? I just want to be around my son. So, you know, that, that's the, um, the driving factor between me, you know, striving for health. Um, yeah, I have days where I cry a lot, especially when I have a setback. Um, after that last operation, I had to go back in the next day because I had a big bleed um, and lost sort of half of my, uh, the blood out of my body through um, bleeding. Oh, so, gosh. you know, yeah, I'm, it's taken me a lot longer to get over my mastectomies than other people. Um, but I just do what I can, you know, like I go for a walk every day with my dog and it's the most beautiful time of the day really because um, it helps me relax. Yeah, I think you've got to um, like get in front of health problems, you know, like avoid them rather than deal with them later. Mm. So try and use a healthy diet and um, also just looking on the bright side of things and having support there, having someone to talk to. Um, don't yeah. bottle it all up inside, you know, because yeah. it's so easy to just get really depressed and anxious when you do that. Well, it is. And I think that, um, you know, people will say, oh, well, it's okay to say live on the bright side, you know, if you're not going through it. But you're someone that who has been through it and been through many things where it would test anybody's um, uh, mindset as to try and keep positive or not and I think what you said also going for a walk and taking your dog because sometimes pets can be quite um, comforting oh, yeah. can't they uh, I yes, know yes. Um, that where my mother-in-law is in aged care um, they have a not at the moment with COVID-19 but they have um, the um, uh, uh, someone bring in a, a Labrador or a dog or something mm. and, and once a fortnight or something for the residents just to feel that connection. So do you feel that your pets as well as your family and your husband are, are, are an important part of your healing process? Yeah, definitely. Just, um, you know, I'm, I'm a big animal lover and getting out of my garden too you know, getting out in the sunshine every day, it's just, it's very therapeutic. Mm. We're lucky here on the Gold Coast. We've got beautiful beaches and, you know. We are. Being out in nature is really yeah. good for the soul, I think. Oh, yeah. Well, I know myself. I mean, we're almost neighbours, aren't we? Because we both live on the Gold Coast. And and for me, just going for a walk or a run along the beach, or even if it's just a sunny day, getting out and feeling that warmth of the sun, just getting into you is so um, calming yeah. and, and it's just so good for our well-being. Yeah. But um, I think that one thing I wanted to ask you too is you've got all these things happening to you um, and, you know, life is going on. And I think sometimes most women, we feel like we want to do it all and we need to do it all, but then we get mm -hmm. over 
with that approach. Um, and especially when life gets in the way um, or it throws a curveball to us. So what do you feel um, we as women over 50 should make as a priority in order to live well? Because we can't put everything, oh, to me, putting, trying to say, well, I'm going to do it all. Um, sometimes you just get overwhelmed and you think, well, I won't bother doing anything. So what would you make as your top priority? Um, taking time with self-care, that's really important. Putting yourself first and learning boundaries as well. I had a big problem with that in the past. Um, so people, you know, really overstep my boundaries mm. and then I'd stand up for myself and it would come across as being, you know, quite nasty by the time I got, you know, overwhelmed we, enough. We well, you get to that point, don't out. you? Especially yeah. for someone who wants to be there for people and, you, and you're a bit of a giver and, and you're right, you don't set your boundaries and then suddenly it's like a, a bit of a volcano erupting because you've kept yeah. it down so long and people sort of go, oh, you know, um, yeah. but um, it, it is important because uh, that old saying you can't pour from an empty cup is um, is so yeah. true. Uh, but I, I think it's difficult sometimes to change our mindset that we've been yeah. in for, for, for so um, long. Well, being, being a nurse, um, that, that is a lot of our nature is um, to help people. So you're always trying to fix things for other people and yeah. sometimes you've just got to accept you can't fix them, you know. That was the yeah. problem with my first marriage. I tried to fix it all and became so overwhelmed myself, you know, because I wasn't looking after me. Mm. So you, mm. you've got to put yourself first sometimes, you know, like make sure you get that daily exercise and make sure you eat properly and all that sort of thing, you know. Yeah, and that's the foundation, isn't it? I mean, you know, there's many facets to living well, but unless we've got our, our health and, and we keep our exercise and, and our nutrition at, you know, the peak, it, that's the foundation. And then everything else um, can, can grow from there uh, because we're, we're strong, we can be doing things. And so, therefore, um, to me, health and wellness is very important and self-care. It's just trying to get over that hurdle of feeling guilty that, oh, I shouldn't be doing this for me, I should be doing it for everyone else. So, um, so that's a good point, the self-care. But the next question I've got, you mentioned to me that you lost 18 kilos last year. <laughs> I, what an achievement. Yeah. So I'm sure well, that um, the listeners would be very interested to hear how you did that because, you know, we reach 50 and we start, you know, what they call, you know, a bit of a, our, our body shape changes and we, you know, go through menopause and other, other changes in our body. And a lot of women find it very difficult to lose weight. So how did you do it? And especially um, with all your health issues, because I would think yeah. that, that would just be another layer of difficulty that you'd have to cope with. Yeah, well, as I said, I can't run. I can't do, like, go to the gym and work out um, because of my heart um, and because of my back. Uh, so I just walk every day, um, at least half an hour, and mm -hmm. uh, go at, at work. I take the stairs instead of 
the left, just about yeah. four or five, um, you know, and at the beginning, yeah, it was really tough. I was like, my heart was like 120 when I got to the top of the stairs, but if you do it every day, then it gets easier. But mm. mostly diet, uh, your diet, that's really important, especially for over 50s, um, eating heaps of veggies and stuff like that. I yeah. had support because I, I was on a government-sponsored program and I had a dietitian ring me every three weeks and she helped me to set goals and um, she gave me a lot of advice about uh, cooking and stuff and that I think that was the main reason I had support. So um, seeing a dietitian is really, really important when you're trying to lose weight because even... I'm a nurse, but I had no idea about proper nutrition for over 50s, you know. Things change mm. over 50s, That's when you're over 50. Mm. You know, you, you shouldn't be eating the same portions as your husband and sons, you know, which, you know, well, that, that should be right. logical, and, but it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the other thing is that um, whilst there's general... Uh, um, principles to losing weight or things like that we're all individuals and I think that if you do have a weight problem and it's not coming off I think your point about seeing a dietitian or a, a nutritionist or an allied health professional who will be able to give you something that's tailor-made for you um, yeah. I think is is the key because as you said our bodies change, we can't eat the same way and um, it, and the support the, and, and yeah. the, also the accountability. Did you have to yes. report into her or yeah. meet with her regularly? Yeah, yeah. I sort of thought, well, I've got to get up these stairs because she's going to check on me, you know, <laughs> in three weeks and if I haven't met my goals, you know, it's... I sort of felt like that was my accountability was that, you know, I was having someone check up on me. If I was just doing it myself, I could easily slack off and I had in the past. I've tried all kinds of different programs, mm. lost the weight and put on even more when the program ended. So this one was different in that it was a trained dietitian and she gave me really good advice and was yeah. checking up on me. That and made I a think big difference. That's right. And the other thing is that we become educated, don't we? And it's not like, yeah. you know, you, you, you go on the internet and try and do it yourself and you've got so many different diets. You've got don't eat this, eat that, do this, do that. Mm. And a lot of them are just short-term fixes. And that's, that's why I don't really believe in diets. I think that um, per se, you know, um, these quick fixes might be good for a week or two but when you go yeah. back to your normal lifestyle the weight comes back on so it is a, a lifestyle change and um, I think that having that guidance from a professional I mean if you've only got to lose a couple of kilos that's a bit different but when you've got to lose um, a serious amount of weight and yeah. especially for our health um, you know we need to be making sure that we're keeping ourselves at the correct weight for us. And, and I think yeah. the only way to know that is to just go, the same as if you're going to work out, perhaps you, you start with a personal trainer to give you a program. And then that's that way right. you know what you're doing, you understand why you're doing it. 
and having a, a plan in place, um, I think really, um, really helps. So, um, so that's, that's an excellent point. How did your family, how did you find though, when you were on, um, you know, having to follow a certain eating plan compared to your family, could you incorporate that into your family? Um, yeah, well, my son at the same time, he, he decided he was going to be vegetarian. So we used to cook together. This is my son that moved out at the beginning of this year. But um, last year we had a ball learning all different recipes. We'd, we'd put some music on and we'd be getting in each other's way in the kitchen. But we'd be having so much fun. And most of it was vegetables because, you know, it was the basis of, a, of his diet. Yeah. And I was adding more vegetables into my diet. So it rubbed off on me. So we were learning together. It was really, really fun. I miss um, that. I miss not cooking with them every night. Even yeah. though, you know, we'd end up getting under each other's feet. Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> you know. yeah. And tell me, how are you feeling at the moment? You, I mean, you seem so positive and upbeat, which is which is great. So how are you well, feeling? Well, I've beaten cancer. I'm, yeah. I've, um, I've, I'm in front of the cancer. You know, like when you've been told that you've got 60 to 80% of getting breast cancer and 20 to 40% of getting ovarian cancer, you know, that's a, a massive chance of getting it. So for me to have those two surgeries and get rid of those cancer-causing um, organs out of my body is just, I've had a huge weight lifted off my shoulders. Yeah. Really, because I was having to have um, breast checks every year, MRIs, you know, I, I did that for the last 10 years and that every year it comes around, it gets under your skin, you, mm. you know, you're wondering when they're going to say, well, there's something suspicious there we, and tell you you've got cancer, you know, you're just waiting for it. Yeah, so well, that's now that right. I, my chances reduced down to less than... I think it's less than 5%. Well, that's oh, wow. huge for me. Yeah. You know? Well, it, it, it certainly gives you a new lease on life and, and, a, and, and as you say, the weight's lifted. I know myself, yeah. um, my mum actually had breast cancer and she passed away at 63. She had it for about 10 years and she died about 35 years ago. Um, so it was only in the early stages of them knowing too much about treatment and that sort of thing but of course I'm coming up to that age this year and yeah. I sort of you know I'm always having my breast screens and testing and that sort of thing um, not that I've ever had um, one that's uh, a, you know hasn't been clear but it's just that in the back of your mind um, how it's um, you know, is it going to happen or not, you know? Yeah, well, so. Mum was exactly my age when she died of cancer. She was 54. Mm. And that's why I want to be around for my kids because it was hell going through life without my mum, you know. She died just after I got married before I had my mm. first baby. And, you know, it, it's hard being without yeah. your mum. So I just want to be here for my kids. <laughs> and what a role model you are, Christina. I mean, you know, I just love your attitude. And whilst we've sort of, I've 
we've known each other through your blog and things like that. It's just so lovely to chat to you and to yes, really, you. you know, in person be able to get you to share your story. Um, but before we sort of finish up, um, firstly, is there anything else that you'd like to to share with us or any advice you can give? Yeah, just um, know your family's health history. That's really important. Um, things were taboo, they weren't talked about in the past, but you really should know what your parents and uncles and aunties and grandparents have all died from and get health checks. That's so important. It's, it's more important to um, get cancer at the early stages. Like my son's melanoma, he was only 24. He got that at a stage one because he had um, skin checks every year since he was young because I took him, you know. Mm. So get, get your health checks done. It's so much easier to prevent things rather than treat it later. Those That's are the right. things I'd like to really um, get across today. Yeah. Yes, I agree. And, you know, I know a lot of women don't enjoy having a mistake, uh, sorry, having the um, breast screen, yeah. they, they, yeah. the mammogram, they feel a bit, um, oh, it's painful or whatever, but really, for the few minutes that it takes and what it could help, you know, prevent, I think it's important. And to just be aware of your body as well with doing your health checks and, your, you know, your own self-checking. Yeah. Um, and, and as you said, knowing your family history because um, there's a lot of things I don't know about my parents and whatever and and you know when they ask you these questions or oh, do you have a family history of what you sort of think oh I'm not really sure so it is mm -hmm. important I think we do talk a lot more these days to our children to our partners and and friends and I think that's really important to just um you know not ignore things that's really important yeah so um, before we finish up today, I want to ask you a question which I ask all of my guests um, in conversations, and it is, what does living well after 50 mean to you? Just living the best life, the most healthy life you can. So, you know, look after yourself, prioritise your own health, and, you know, don't let anything hold you back. Even, even if you've got health problems, don't let it hold you back. <laughs> well, exactly. And that's great advice, Christina. And, and thank you so much for sharing your story today with just so much honesty. And you truly are an inspiration to us all. And, and I wish you all the best going forward. Um, I love your attitude. And, um, and I'm sure that everyone that listens to this will... Um, really be inspired and, and, and take on board the, the advice that you've given as well, because we might hear it often, but coming from someone who's actually been through it all, um, I mean, you've got the experience to be able to talk about it and to say, look, make sure you do this. So, um, so thank you everyone for joining us today, joining Christina and I and, and just, 
have such a good discussion. And um, I hope that you'll feel free to like and share the interview because it may help other women. Uh, I'll be posting it onto YouTube and in the Facebook group and on the website. But also don't forget to pop over and visit Christina's uh, website, midlifestylist.com, uh, and also through her social media because I know that she would love to hear from you and perhaps continue a conversation or answer any other questions that you might have. And I'll be putting all those links in the notes um, with the video uh, so that you um, can uh, just link through to contact her. And um, thanks again, Christina, for joining us. Thanks so you. lovely to have you. Yeah, thank you. Um, I really appreciate the opportunity and it was lovely to finally meet you in face to face. <laughs> it was, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. It, um, and, and also to hear because sometimes it's, um, you know, you, you don't really know, you haven't actually spoken, you've only spoken through the written word and uh, yeah. it's, it's nice to hear your voice. So, yeah, it has yeah. been lovely and I'm sure it'll be the first of many times. So, yes. um, thanks again to Christina and I look forward to joining you all um, for the next episode of Women Living Well After 50 in conversation. And until then, taking Christina's advice to just embrace life, don't let anything hold you back and uh, just enjoy each day.